Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's your boy, HH. It's the kid, 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 it's Carl Anker. We do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. And leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on the show. We got two that have been here for a while that I kind of want to read. One from Amin FR in Great Britain. Greatest football podcast out there, no doubt. Just a quick personal question to have hope. Oh, God. When did your hairline start receding? Because whoa, whoa. That's mean. <laughs> because, because your one is gone. Laughing emoji, laughing emoji. Sorry. <laughs> I refuse to answer that question. So move on. Be asking questions like that to someone you don't know. Damn. <laughs> Hope your hairline is not receding. How dare that person say it? It is. Damn. Dope. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Speak the facts. Speak the facts, man. This is what is this. You know when people ask us those like, would you go back in time questions? All I think about is the hairline I had when I was 20 and how I should have enjoyed it more. Uh, but my anyway. my old passport photo before it got stolen. Yes, bro. Damn, the hairline in that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Look, my, no, 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 no. It's it, it is depressing when I look at the time when I, I had a full head of hair with afro. It's just like I'm it's it's, it's depressing. And uh from May 19, 2012 from the US. Uh thank you guys, really great. It's 901. I'm 21 seconds into this week's podcast. I already have a huge smile on my face from the bottom of my heart. Thank you all. Stay black. Shout out to that review. Um, if leaving reviews is your thing, even if it isn't, if you appreciate the podcast in that way, if you're listening on an Apple device, of course, iPad, iPhone, link is in the description, the easiest way to do that possible. So shout out to everybody that's ever given us a review. If you want to help the podcast out monetarily, though, we have a Patreon page where we record 30 to 40 minutes extra every week in audio and video format if you want to look at our bad hairlines. Um, it's there. And uh, we do some video game stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on over there. So $3 a month, if you have the spirit or the heart to give and, you know, you really appreciate the podcast in that way, look it up. Help us out. Are we going to record for the next couple weeks, guys? Because it's, I think, the 23rd and that would make it the 30th. Yeah. So the next game, then, so it's this weekend's round of fixtures and then there's Boxing Day, there's the 28th and there's New Year's Day and then there's the FA Cup weekend on the 4th. There'll be one more podcast this year. I don't know if we can fit in two. Yes. But there'll, there'll be one more. Talking so. Tactics will be here for the for the 20... We'll record on the 23rd. Look, this might be the next, the last Talking Tactics of 2019. And if it is, it's been fun. Is it breaking news? We have potentially breaking news, right? Now, in the WhatsApp... I don't know if you guys have, like, football WhatsApp groups that you guys are in. But people are making fun of Carlo if this is indeed real. So the the idea is... Sky Sports have reported it that um, Carlo Ancelotti has agreed in principle to begin his managerial reign or head coaching reign, however they want to phrase it, of Everton. And people are like, yo, Carlo is, he's not Don Carlo anymore. He's like, anybody give me a job, Carlo. <laughs> so <laughs> Bad fits um, because look at the teams that Ancelotti has, has coached. Ace Milan, flipping Ace Milan, Bayern Munich, 
Chelsea, PSG. And remember, this was a it's a Napoli team that have come closest to actually um, dethroning Juventus. So if it's to go to Everton, that is a whole different kind of managerial discipline because you're working with probably the worst um, talent at your disposal that you've ever had to deal with in your entire career. So in that sense, eh, I just think it's it's a bad fit personally. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Hapo. I don't say this often, but I agree with Hapo here. I don't think I don't think Carlo is exactly what Everton need right now. See, it, Everton have a case of the Arsenal's about them right now, uh, where they've got they've got a chance. Do they get in the short term fixer and the firefighter to to balance the ship and perhaps a proven winner, or do they go out and get the long term manager who can do a root and branch reform of of Everton? So obviously, the short term person was Sam Allardyce. That didn't quite work out. Then they went off and got the long term person which is Marco Silva, and that didn't quite work out. So they seem to be going for someone who used to be a short-term winning trophy manager, but might not be that guy anymore. Ancelotti's record in domestic competition in leagues has been quite poor for well, ever. Like he's, he's never really been a great domestic competition person. He's always been better in the Champions Leagues and the Cups because Ancelotti uh, was referred to as a clap-your-hands manager when it was at Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich brought him in to replace Pep because the Bayern player said, we needed someone to take it easy on us after years of downloading Pep stuff. And then partway through Ancelotti's time at Bayern, players like Jerome Boateng and Thomas Müller went, he was too easy on us. And I think what's really important for Everton right now is they had no idea what they were doing on the Marco Silva. And I think the antidote to that isn't someone who is hands-off and is tactics light. I think the answer is you get in a disciplinarian you get in someone who's going to be like, this is a very clear, defined system of how we play, which is why even they're playing better now that Duncan Ferguson's in. Because, yeah, maybe Duncan Ferguson isn't the smartest tactical man, but he knows what he wants to do, which is you run hard all the time. And lo and behold, Everton have won one game and drawn one game because worst come to worst, they're going to run really, really hard. And if you get, if you put me in control of Everton through some form of magic, I'd keep Duncan in charge until the end of the season. And then I'd throw a lot of money at Chris Wilder. And see if he can be tempted. Wherever Everton goes next, they need someone who can instill a style of football that relies on hard work and hard running. Because I think the fan base would respond to that. And I think the players they've got need to understand that Everton isn't a joke club where you can just leave after two or three years. But that badge means something. And you should sweat for it. And I think you get that sort of identity and playing style at a club like Everton. And Everton can climb up from 14th to 7th, maybe higher than that. But I don't think Ancelotti is the type of person to do that. Can I just say, I kind of like the full circleness of this, though. Because if anybody remembers, like, 2010, 2011, Carlo finished second in the Premier League with Chelsea. And the last game was in Goodison Park. And the story goes that he walks down the tunnel after that game. And they kind of give him his, you guys, you guys call it P45. They give him his, like, sacking papers in the tunnel, essentially. Because they had the, the VS Boas from FC Porto already lined up. So the fact that he goes back there, that would be an interesting kind of like full circle moment. We'll see what happens. You brought up Duncan Ferguson. I want to get this story out of the way now. They drew 1-1 with United. Should they have? Depends on, you know, how you feel goalkeepers should be protected. How do you guys feel about Moise Ken coming off after, I think, 18, 20 minutes, like subbing the sub? Is it ever warranted? Is this just kind of Ferguson's managerial naivety? How do you think about it? I'm sad, man. I'm really sad. It's, it really made me uncomfortable watching him get subbed off. Obviously, now the thing is, we want to know what's going on. 
and Duncan Ferguson saying, look, I need to waste time. I need to make a substitution. That doesn't hold up to scrutiny to me. I mean, if you just want to get fresh legs on, why would you take off the sub? And why, especially why would you not explain that to him as he's coming off the pitch? That said a lot. It's really, really unfortunate. Um, so what we, we know for a fact that Moise Ken wasn't on their five-person shortlist to buy a striker. Everton, in fact, wanted Mandzukic first and foremost, which I think, I mean, that would have been a lot of fun. Mandzukic in front of Everton. That's a player. So we know that for a fact. We also know for, for a fact that Moise Ken has problems with timekeeping. He runs on black person timing. If we want to tell a joke here. <laughs> so we know we know we know he's missed team meetings for both Juventus, the Italian national team, the Italian under 21 national team, and at Everton. That is worrying and concerning. You know, he's trying to he's trying to learn English and his English is up and down. Uh, and it it just looks really, really it looks as if I mean you can fix that. There's nothing about that right now. It's nothing about that right now that suggests to me that it cannot be fixed. But it does, it does make me think that it's not going to work out in the immediate short term. Like that's going to whatever's going on behind the scenes at Everton, they're going to have some serious conversations as to what happens next. And I think a lot of that lies at Duncan Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson needs to, if he wants to keep that player, which he should, because by all accounts, as they can, the potential to be one of the best strikers in Europe when he comes of age and comes of his potential. Uh, there needs to be some bridge building there because the bridge was burnt. They signed him and they gave his mama jersey too, and it was like the whole "we're gonna take care of your boy." While we're, while we're, it's just like, is this the, your version of keeping care of him? And what's wild is uh, Calvert Lewin played all ninety minutes. Richarlison played all ninety minutes. So if he wanted to take off a striker, you could have taken off one of the two you started with. It's just a bad excuse. I just think he, I just think Ferguson probably saw something he didn't like. He wasn't running enough for for the team or something like that, and he was just like. I'm going to bring him yeah. off regardless. So there's, there's been talk on social media that Moise wasn't paying attention when Ferguson was giving him instructions. And then when they were defending a corner, Richarlison had to tell Moise where to stand. I'm going to take with a pinch of salt. It's one of those things where maybe, yeah, Duncan Ferguson, thick accent, Moise can, English isn't great, blah, 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 blah. Maybe he just doesn't quite understand what the guy's saying. But for accounts, Moise can, nice kid. Chilini loves him. We know this for sure. The guy's not scared. And we do know he's got problem with timekeeping, which I imagine doesn't, you know, that never really, really plays well at any football club if you're late for team meetings or if yeah. you're late for training or whatnot. But subbing the sub in such a public way and not apologizing, you know, I don't particularly like Mourinho, but when Mourinho subbed off Eric Dyer after half an hour, the very first thing he did in his press conference in the Champions League was first things first, I want to apologize to Eric Dyer. I got it wrong. Mm. Duncan Ferguson saying, yeah, well, you know, I want fresh legs. Hmm. Although, mm. although I do remember Nemanja Matic being subbed off, subbed on, subbed off <laughs> by Mourinho against Aston Villa, and then he becomes one of his, if you want to call it, like a general at Manchester United. Like he was one of his guys. So, like there is a way back from it. I don't think it's as drastic as what people call. It's just like this player who already kind of seems like he's on shaky ground or thin ice. I don't know what's going on with him over there. And then you do that to him. The way he came off and the way he was looking down and just dejected and it just, it just didn't look good. Um, half do you have any thoughts on this or you want to talk about Champions League? Oh, no, 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 no. Look, I mean, I think, I think you know, Carl pretty much said every, everything um, that needed to, to be said there, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't disagree with anything that been said. It's uh, unfortunate for the boy, Mr. Morrison. I think, yeah, he just come out and just 
apologize, you know, for, um, you know, sobbing, all, sobbing off a sob, you know, so. Mm. So uh, this morning, actually, it might not have been morning where you live, depending on where you live. But yeah, we got the Champions League round of 16 draw. Have a go from like the worst matchup to the best one in your mind. Obviously, we're going to start with Atalanta Valencia and then build your way up from there. Oh, no, no, no. I was actually going to start with Leon Juventus. That's the most obvious one. <laughs> Depay just... Depay the, the Depay is, is out ACL. for like this season, yeah. What? Oh, damn. Yeah, long him, time. So, him yeah, like, him and um, Jeff uh, Rene Adelaide, I think. They both got long-term injuries. So Depay's a doubt for the Euros. He might just be able to do it in terms of like seven months might be enough to recover nope, from an nope, ACL, but nope, nope, it's... Nope, don't you dare. Yeah. It's, it's not looking good for him. So Juve, Leon, that's where we're starting. So clearly Juve. Oh no, for for sure. Like I mean, it's 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 it's, it's an easy. Shout out to easy my boy Virtual Traore, man. Maybe he could do a little something. Although I, Leon fans hate Virtual Traore. Yeah, <laughs> anytime he does something good, it's like yo, he has the dribbling of Messi and the finishing of Mitrogalu. I'm just like, what? Damn. <laughs> they hate him so much. Ah, come back to Chelsea, Bertrand. We need you. Um, then you'll probably I'll probably roll with Napoli Barcelona. What? They lost to Parma and Gattuso is their coach. Easy wait, wait. Gattuso is Napoli coach. This is finished. Yep. Where have you Street's been? Called? Done. Man, man, <laughs> do you understand how much Southampton I've been watching? There was an election. I, I got other things right now. Okay, there was a general election. <laughs> that happens. While uh, while Boris Johnson won, is <laughs> <laughs> done. Ah, so it was Napoli against who again? Slip my mind. Barcelona. Barca. Juve through. All right. What's next? Then I think we should then ride with um, Atalanta against Valencia, which can go either, either way. way. It can go either don't way. Roll, do not rule out Atalanta. No, um, I would. Atalanta. I would say Atalanta probably the favorite. No, I'm ruling out Atalanta. <laughs> Why? Atalanta's style requires a lot. So Atalanta Manmark, which is particularly interesting for any club playing in 2019 or 2020, which means in theory you can beat Atalanta if everyone is tip-top on their dribbling, which I think Valencia can do. Right. That's no disrespect to Atalanta. The fact they managed to get out of the group after losing their first three games is remarkable and they deserve a plenty of applause. But I think, you know, I think this is a Valencia done deal. Uh, what's next, Double H? Um, Atletico Liverpool. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I think no. Atletico Liverpool because Liverpool, I think, are strong favourites. Atletico, see, unless Atletico get a striker in January, they have no chance. Morata scored this week. <laughs> Streets don't rate Morata at all. Bro. Morata's crash. He scored a headed goal this week. Wouldn't surprise me. That's all we can do. <laughs> I would like to see, like, over the past maybe three, four seasons, who has more headed goals in European football? It has to be Morata. Who else would have more headed goals? Cristiano, maybe? It's got to be Morata. He's not he's a brick. He's close to the head a lot. Brick adjacent. The lack of goals between Morata and Diego Costa has ultimately cost Atletico Madrid a very, very pleasing title run they could have had this season, which is a shame. João Felix can't do everything. Do you want to know my theory about Liverpool? Liverpool are favourites in every tie if they play the last leg at home. <laughs> so I don't care who they play, but if they play Anfield in the last in the second leg, they're going to win. Let's say Atletico win 2-0 at Wanda Metropolitano or whatever it's called. 
I was gonna call it the Vicente Calderon, but I was like, that doesn't exist anymore. Um, they go to they go to Anfield and they start singing "You Never Walk Alone" and throwing their scarves up and waving flags and it's nighttime and the floodlights. Something's just gonna happen and Liverpool will win like four one five one. So the only way you beat Liverpool in this Champions League is if they get drawn with the home leg first and you can go there and kind of shut them down, and then you go home and get the result you need to get. That's the only way that Liverpool are losing this year, in my opinion. I mean, uh, either way, Atletico don't have a chance. Home first, home second, home third, fourth, fifth, sixth. They, they, they get it. Unless, unless they get Cavani in January, who they're linked with, they don't have a chance. Fabinho's injured. Genie's injured. There's a lot of injuries piling up. There's a lot of games. Liverpool aren't the all-conquering side they were last season, nor were they the free-flowing side they were the season before that. Liverpool are kind of boring and kind of grindy. They get to a point where they sort of go 2 0 up and they go, We can stop playing for 10 minutes. It's a really interesting tactical view of like basically how they can stop pressing and stop put like opening up football for 10, 15 minutes. Cause then, cause very clearly someone at Liverpool's gone, We're going to have to play 60 games this season and we cannot play 90 minutes of every game. We're going to pick and choose our moments. In a cup competition, Atletico Madrid are the kings of shithousing. Sorry <laughs> to use that term. They are the kings of slowing games down getting those tactical yellow cards, making the most of those set pieces. And any, everyone should be afraid of playing Atletico Madrid, even a poor Atletico Madrid, because Diego Simeone is a warlock. If both legs were at home for Atletico, who would you pick? Liverpool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's all I wanted to know. There's a game that's missing that shouldn't be missing at this point. So what's your next one? My next one is Tottenham Leipzig. Okay, that's a really, really interesting tie. That's like that's like a that's a close to fifty fifty one. Pretty like, I would say fifty five forty five in in favor of Leipzig. But if you said fifty fifty, I, I wouldn't argue. But yeah, that's 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 going to be a really good tie. Really good tie. You think Ericsson's going to be there for Spurs? Probably not. I mean, I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, but, but because well, he's not going to sign a contract extension. So if he doesn't leave in January, he leaves for a free in, in the summer, which Danny Levy ain't going to allow to happen. That's one playmaker gone. But I think Mourinho's liking like the front four of Lucas, Ali, uh, Son, and Kane, which isn't that bad. But then you have like whatever Julian Nagelsmann is up to with his kind of like, we can play 4-4-2, four, four, we can play five at the back, three at the back. We can just it's not like chameleons. They, they, yeah, play football. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. And they could get Haaland. That's not the most outlandish transfer to happen, like one Red Bull mm-hmm. club to another. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, that one's close. Because I, I think Leipzig. I'd be Leipzig. Yeah. Yeah, Leipzig. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, since you both saying Leipzig, I'm going to say Spurs. Just to... <laughs> Shout out Carl's Pops, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, next match. Come on, man. Pick it already, bro. Uh, look, man. Why can't Chelsea beat Bayern? <laughs> <laughs> why not? I don't know. Let me see. Give, you, you two guys, tell me. You want the reasons? Okay, okay. Do you want the Lampard's? Kepa, the defensive partnership, left back. Bayern lost to Mönchengladbach and Leverkusen, bro. They lost to Leverkusen at the crib. No, these are just Chelsea reasons. I haven't even got to like Lewandowski, Coutinho. Listen, your theory of semis minimum, how are you feeling about that? Well, no, no, pretty good. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> because because if you looked at before the draw, I said in Hangas that Chelsea can beat Bayern. PSG, tricky. Barca, tricky. Barnunik, I think th- I think this is a good matchup for Chelsea. How? This Bayern team 
can be got, as we've seen throughout their season. They're having a very up-and-down season. And I think that they are no longer a force at the Allianz Arena. And look, just as long as Chelsea get it right tactically, the key thing is that game at the bridge. If they mess up at the bridge, i.e. they draw or they lose, then okay, it's all over. If they win, try and keep a clean sheet, I think they can actually beat Bayern at the Allianz. What has Lampard shown you to where you think he gets the tactics right? And what has this team shown you that they can keep a cleat sheet? Look, man, two months is a long time, bro. There's a long time and a lot of things can, can change in two you months. You realize bro. it's going to Zuma Tomori against peak Lewandowski. Two months in... Is he still going to be peak in February 18? Let's see. Like, look, two months is a long time. Two months is a long time, homie. Your semis minimum was a stupid thing to say out loud publicly. Semis minimum. <laughs> you should have kept it in your heart, but quietly. Well, I don't know why you had to come out and say semis minimum, semis minimum. I wanted to talk to you about this for for a long time. You know what that means? Round of 16 and the quarters. The next quarter match isn't going to be easy. There's no way they get to the semis. I believe what I believe, bro. Lewandowski scored three goals in those two games. According to who? According to me. (laughs) And I have facts. Carl, what what are your impressions on Chelsea Bayern? Nah, I think Bayern are, are so good. They're so good. Like, like Chelsea are vulnerable on counterattacks. Bayern can be really, really ruthless on those counterattacks. Lewandowski is the best number nine in the world right now. You've got Gnabry, who is getting there in terms of a counterattacking player. He's Imagine Gnabry against Azpilicueta. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> if, if Coleman's fit, he's going to give whoever's on the other side. Imagine Lampard decides, yo, I'm going to play Emerson. Have hope is under the assumption, like, yo, Chelsea are going to buy nine world-class players in January, and that's going to fix the squad. Like, that's not what's... Imagine if Lampard plays Mason Mount in the number 10, and they play 4-2-3-1. He wouldn't dare. He wouldn't dare, bro. He wouldn't dare. What do you you mean? He does it all the time. What do you mean he wouldn't dare? (laughs) He does it all the time. Come on. He's not that that stupid. People pay their hard-earned money, and he plays Mount in number 10 instead of Jorginho Kante-Kovacic. People show 42,000 people. Oh, I'm going to play Mason Mount. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. What's next? <laughs> um, Dortmund PSG. Have you have you heard what's going what, what, what's what's doing the rounds online? So, the second leg of PSG Dortmund takes place March 11th. Guess is where that... Neymar's sister's birthday is? Oh boy. March 11th. Oh god, I'm real life laughing. Really? This is it. We're gonna have to keep talking about. Oh boy. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's just a a, a rumor. You know. <laughs> we'll find out. If it happens again, it's official. Because <laughs> this will be what four seasons in a row. Three. Once is coincidence. Row? Twice is a pattern. Three times is you, you know. Wow. Maybe he just gets fouled a lot. It's not his fault. <laughs> Every year, the same I know, time. I know. It's wow. But anyway, yeah, I would have had that match way lower. This seems like a clear PSG win. Oh, the same PSG who, who who went out to Man United last season. Come on, bro. Assuming no. Neymar's healthy, obviously. If Neymar and Mbappe are healthy, they win. Oh, oh by the way, I wanted to bring this up when we talked about uh, Moise Ken. But I guess it's more apropos to bring it up now. Oh, you, you talked about Moise Ken being on like CP time, essentially. Mm-hmm. Did you see what happened a couple weeks ago when Mbappe was substituted in the 89th minute in a league game? Tuchel went to like say congratulations or whatever the case may be, and Mbappe just kind of blanked him, and he just walked off. And Tuchel followed him to the bench, 
slapped him on the shoulder a couple of times, like, hey, like, come on. Because Mbappe was pissed that he took him off. Beef starts because Mbappe and Rabio were late yes. to this a is training last season. or something. Yeah, 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 last season. Tuchel put them on the bench. It was Real Madrid against somebody. Mm-hmm. And they stayed and they watched it and they were late. Do you guys think like Mbappe is getting a little too, you know, feeling himself a little bit too much in, in terms of like kind of disrespecting his coach publicly in that way? I don't know if you guys saw the video, but it, it, it looked bad. So that's hang on. Let me sec- one second. Let me get this up right now. Kylian Mbappe has 49 goals in his last 56 games for PSG. So the interesting thing about the Rabiot thing was he, uh, so he got dropped to the bench, came on, scored a goal. And then he gave an interview basically where he said, uh, this team needs leaders and I want to be one of the leaders for PSG, which is one of those sort of, well, surely a leader turns up on time and is early instead of being late. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kylian Mbappe is 20 years of age, and I think that's the most important thing. He's 20 years of age. He's got 49 goals in 56 games. Nike's just released a massive amount of uh, gear and clothes and merchandise around him. And I've just released a really, I really like that advert about him as well. That, you know, and LeBron James is wearing Kylian Mbappe shirts. If Mbappe is, you know, feeling big for his boots, I'm sure he can point to all that stuff and go like, well, where's yours? It's still the idea that like you should have at least a little bit of respect for the manager. Like, I mean, if he's trying to if, he if, if he's trying to talk to you, look like you're gonna listen. He just he just blanked him. And and I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, Mbappe's getting a little bit cocky," but I'm like, maybe in some ways Tuchel was trying to assert his authority over him. Like yep. I I know you don't want to come off, but I'm gonna take you off 89 minute just because I can, you know. And maybe Mbappe felt a way about that, but I don't know. I'm gonna have to monitor Mbappe and just see like what's up, because <laughs> because he's bigger than PSG at this point. Yeah, uh, and I think this is a <sighs> PSG fans aren't gonna like that, but it's facts. No, it is it, it, like there's, there's a, there was a very good piece from Barney Rone in the Guardian, basically saying that we we we're already witnessing the end of the Neymar Mbappe era. There is going to be a point in time where Mbappe will probably go to Real Madrid quite soon, and Neymar he ain't really enjoying his life uh, at PSG right now, so. What's next? The biggie, Real Madrid, Man City. So you think the second best match is PSG Dortmund? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so you should, so I should put Atletico Liverpool ahead of Dortmund PSG? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, do you watch Atletico are trash? They can't... They're not trash. They're just goal shy. Is. They're very goal shy. Just because they're not as good as they once were, that doesn't mean like they're not like a marquee name still. I mean, okay, basically, for me, because PSG are very untrustworthy, I will pick the defending champions who have only lost one game in all competitions to totally decimate and take care of Atletico <laughs> over a team who lost to Man United last season with Ashley Young in, in, in the, the damn team against a team who <laughs> tactically can cause them issues. So, oh, why did Ashley Young have to get shot? Oh, no, 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 no come on. Like, <laughs> losing to a team that has Ashley Young in the first team, man, that's, that's, that's an L. Ashley Young was just chilling, and you brought his name up for no reason. No, no, that's an L. That's an L. <laughs> okay, so uh, Madrid City. I don't know. This is, this is straight up 50-50. I have no idea. Oh, no, oh, no, no, for me, Man City, Man City. Like, Real Madrid need another star attacking player. This is not their year. But it'll be a good game. It's just that this 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 just isn't their year. It just isn't their year. Don't play that every year. And then out of the blue, they just, oh, semifinal. Oh, no, no, no. no. They, they had Cristiano. So This is true. They had Cristiano. And you know, they got chefed up badly against Ajax. Eden Hazard is not 
performing at the Ezen Hazard levels we thought he would. Luka Jovic is sat on the bench mostly. They're relying a lot on Ferland Mendy. They're playing a decent amount of football, but I don't think Real Madrid are serious competitors for, for the La Liga or Champions League. This is, in fact, right now, if you gave me 20 quid and said who's going to win the Champions League, I'd say Man City. So you think they've noticed that the Premier League is gone, so Pep's going to put all resources into Champions there League? There you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's not the worst. It's not the worst thing. I just, I don't trust Man City at all. The same arguments people have for PSG, kind of the sort of same thing with Man City. Man City have been in, what, two semifinals now? Mm. If Madrid win. <laughs> That's more Pep ammunition, bro. Like... <laughs> Oh, no, 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 you, no, got, no. you got knocked out in the round of 16. Y'all took 1 billion and you still couldn't get to like a final. You can't give me a final at least. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm so ready dead, for those tweets. I am ready for those tweets, man. <laughs> I need Eden Hazard to show up. I need like, yo, they need to put Modric in a cryogenic chamber for like five months or up until when. And just, can you give me one more Modric? Can you boss the game one more time? Kareem, Benzema, can he be tier one? Have hope. Um, up- Upper tier two, upper tier two. Can't, can't give him tier one yet. He's nah. the best striker of the last decade. I deeped it. I flipped on our conversation call. The heck? Where we're we talking best about Lewandowski and Suarez. It's Benzema. Imagine if Benzema was allowed to play for France. Imagine if Benzema was allowed to play for France. He has the World Cup medal too. Yeah, that's a good argument. He would He would have won the Euros and he would have won a World Cup. Yep. But that's it. And then and the whole so. conversation wait, 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 what? The Euros? Yeah, yeah, France would have won Euro 2016. In 2016, they, they Gignac and, and Giroud. Yeah. Imagine if they had Benzema at home. They win that. And then he would have just added to their goal tally at, 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 at the World Cup. Imagine if you give him the international career along with what he did at club level. So because France have quotas and they're against Benzema in whatever way, I'm not saying he didn't bring some of it upon himself. But I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to say if, if you add the international career he should have had, with the club career over the past 10 years, no striker would have a better resume. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could argue Suarez, but I'm a rock with Benzema, yo. But but this is he the thing. Suarez. Here's the thing, right? <laughs> if if Benzema had all these things, he'd have the better resume, but he doesn't. So I know, but if your it's aunt not has wheels, she's a bicycle. It is his fault. He blackmailed Vabuela with a sex game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not his fault. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Look, 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 I mean, come okay, fine. For, for forgive, okay, it happens. These things happen. For forgive. <laughs> For he's the best striker Lewandowski. in the world right now, barring Lewandowski. He's not going to be in the Euros. That pisses me off. I watched the documentary. It made me mad again. I just I went back and I watched it. I'm just I need to. I hate France, man. Anyway, did you watch the Europa League draw by chance? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't watch it. That was meant to be a just a light jab. I think Arsenal got uh, Olympiacos. Who did who did United get? Club Rouge. Club Rouge. When I bring this up, I don't want this to devolve into a De Bruyne versus Eden Hazard conversation. Can we not do that? Sure. Okay. Um, De Bruyne had a masterclass um, against who? On, oh, on Sunday against Arsenal. Hey, you um, like this, man. <laughs> Be nice to Daniel. <laughs> he edits this podcast for you. I mean, he's not being beat. I'm just saying, like, no, like, this this is fine. Like, if you want to bring up who he did it against, that's fine. But I just know, like, this will devolve into, what, has he done it in the Champions League World Cup semifinal? Has he done it in the Europa League final? I know where this could go. So I just don't want it to go down that street. But, yeah, he had a really good game against Arsenal, two goals and assists. Um, Arsenal looked – you could have turned the television off after the second minute 
and you would have been able probably to guess the result. I think I watched 85 minutes and then I took a nap. I was like, eh, I don't feel like watching the rest of this. Lundberg is, a, is, is clueless. If Lundberg, I was, I was saying this to my brother, um, who's, who's like an Arsenal fan, and I said that if Lundberg remains as the manager for the season, Arsenal will be fighting relegation. Like him and Metasaka look like Twiddledee and Twiddledum on the bench. <laughs> so the sooner Arsenal gets any, and I mean any experienced manager, the better. This was probably Man City's easiest game. Probably their easiest game. And the ease with which De Bruyne just caught up on us. That's why I can't even give De Bruyne that much credit because I'm like, the, the degree of difficulty ain't that high. I can only respect you if you bowl against high degree of difficulty. So as, as amazing as De Bruyne is, and De Bruyne is fully amazing. You've never played a World Cup final, never played a Euro Championship final, never played a, a Champions League final until you bowl in those finals. Come talk, talk to me. Yeah, I think Arsenal, Arsenal are in a really... It just speaks to how poorly organised Arsenal Football Club is, right? So you put Lundberg in as your interim, but you've also not allowed Lundberg to bring in his coaching staff. Even Solskjaer got to bring in Mike Phelan, you know? So you've also got this idea that Lundberg's holding it in for the person who's coming in. Arsenal clearly don't have an idea who the long-term manager is meant to be. You compare that to Tottenham Hotspur who went, right, we're going to get rid of Pochettino. And then within 24 hours, they had Jose Mourinho. Or Manchester United who went, look, Solskjaer's in touch as an interim, but he's allowed to bring in coaching staff. Arsenal's problem is they've done neither. So you've Why got an inter- Emery then? This is it. Why sack Emery unless you have a proper person? I mean, like it makes sense him. to sack Emery, but yeah. if you don't have the plan, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just keep him there until you had the plan? Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> why did Why did Arsenal? <laughs> that was, do that? was the logical conclusion, but I was just like, yeah, that, that makes no sense. That's that's Arsenal. That's the that's the continual problem of Arsenal every single time. What are they doing? What is the plan? Why are they not thinking more than three weeks down the line? They are like the ultimate checkers club. Everybody else might be playing chess. Like Daniel Levy, to his credit, he, had, he was playing chess. Poch is gone. And, and like you said, even before Poch was sacked, Mourinho's coming. Then we get the Poch news. Then Mourinho actually does come. He was playing chess. Arsenal, they're just like, yo, king me. <laughs> it's like, yo. <laughs> He's just like, what are they doing? I had a question and then I started talking about board games. Was there anything else that you noticed from the match that's of, of importance? You see, I'm, I'm looking at the whole Aubameyang thing because this is the whole thing of like, is he staying? Is he going? Should he be captain and everything? And I think if you're a manager coming in, and I still feel Rafa Benitez should, should be that dude, I think there's definitely a leadership dressing room morale issue that needs to be coming because when I look at that team, who is the leader? Is Aubameyang really the leader? We all know what happened with Xhaka, but when Xhaka was the captain, was he really the, the leader? And if you don't really have a leader, on a team, a guy that someone can look to to bring the team together, that's an, an, an issue. Because the off-the-pitch stuff is just as important as the on-the-pitch stuff. So, yeah. It's interesting, like, if you watch, like, the Arsenal fan TV interviews, they're like, the, the players that they like the most, it, well, the player that they like the most nowadays is, like, Martinelli, mm. who's, like, the I mean, young he's kid. Good. He's good. Who, yeah, he's really good. Who's 18, 19. They compare him to Sanchez, in a way, of, like, how diligent he is and how much he works for the team and stuff. It's like, why don't you want your senior players to be the ones you mention as these are the players that are showing the effort, the desire, you know, all those kind of English words, passion, desire, heart, pride, all those kind of words that people want to see. But like, there's an element to those qualities that is important and that, that you need in the team. And when you see someone like Ozil, for instance, who, if you kind of just track him when you watch the games, he does a lot of walking. The one time that he shows a little bit of that kind of internal fortitude 
it's when he's coming off and he kicks his gloves and he looks pissed in that sense. Like, why don't you show that on the pitch more? Arsenal did an interesting thing. By the way, I did want to talk about Arsenal Fan TV if we could. Critic someone, who is Simon Jordan for those that don't know? Because uh, apparently yeah. I watched Simon Jordan. I watched Simon Jordan used to own Crystal Palace and is say a again, prom- say again, say it again. He used to own Crystal Palace and he's a prominent okay. uh, voice on Talksport, which is the sports radio, the number one sports radio um, in England. And he uh, had a debate with Robbie off Arsenal Fan TV this week, and it was fiery. What is what is Talksport radio to those that don't know? It's part shock jock. It's part live coverage and it, it's part show. So it, it's also where Stan Collymore. Uh, was up until quite recently when he you want to turn to on talk sport radio for them to like do like um do, do they do live commentary of games or are they more like after they, the match they do some we, live we commentary they do some live commentary they're known for their call-ins and they're also known for base they're known for having some very provocative figures so they've got so Adam, they're the radio version of arsenal fan tv in a sense of sorts and i think that's robbie that was robbie's argument they've got adrian durham durham is a particularly skilled contrarian so he is a great academic and apparently it's well known that he has a show with someone else. Most mornings he goes in and goes, what are you going to argue about this week? And he goes, I'm going to argue this, 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 and this, and this. And then basically he goes, cool, I'll argue the opposite. And he can do that because he's that talented. Uh, they've got Alan Brazil, who I don't know if you've ever seen that man. I thought of that man. He looks like he's going to explode at all times. <laughs> um, they've got Ray Parler. Uh, they used to have Stan Collimore. And they've got Simon Jordan, who owned Crystal Palace and once fired someone on their birthday. <laughs> The, the, the interesting thing that struck me was like when he started talking about like the IQs of the people that go on Arsenal Fan TV. And whenever I hear the word IQ, how do I say this? My racially insensitive antennas start perking up whenever I hear like IQ, IQ, IQ. Because that's coded language for like, mm, I don't like how this people, I don't like how this particular person sounds really. Because it's, it's never really a critique on the points. It's always a critique on how things sound. So I was listening to this interview. I was like, mm, I don't like this dude. Actually, because when I saw it, I actually sent a text to Robbie saying that, no, man, I like the way that you actually responded to Simon. Because the funny thing about it is that it speaks to a bigger point. And that's why I said on Twitter, and that's why I said to Robbie, these guys are fearful of what's been happening in the past, I'd say, two, three years. Football analysis is changing, and the people who are watching football analysis is changing. Younger people don't watch BBC. We want younger people to read and do more reading, but they don't. Younger people, when they're in school or in university, any freedom they have, they're on their phones and they're going onto YouTube. Because obviously back when I was in school, it was still dial-up. So broadband and all that kind of stuff, it wasn't really that great. But in 2019, the kids in schools and everything, internet access is a lot quicker and a lot faster. So, And these younger people, they are watching Arsenal Fan TV. They are watching different um, YouTube answers that they can connect with. And I think people in talks about like Simon Jordan, they are angry at the rise of them. That's, that's the first point. Second point, what is Robbie doing that is wrong? Now, if Robbie only interviewed troops and DT, then you're just doing it um, for shock value and you're obviously doing it to get a reaction. And you then you can't really be called an Arsenal fan. You're just, you're, you're, you're an opportunist. It's not Robbie's fault that what gains the most traction, the most views, are the negative characters from Arsenal, if you want to call them that. If you watch the full thing of Arsenal for TV, and again, before you make an argument, come with the full information. If you watch the full thing of Arsenal for TV, Hint TV is about, on, at every match, 10, 11, 12 people. But 
people who are positive or are not really interesting characters, that's not going to get traction. What's going to get biggest traction, especially from people at large who are non-Arsenal fans, are when Arsenal lose and the people like a Troops or a DT who will be loud and fully angry because look at the news and everything. We are drawn towards negativity. As human beings, we're just drawn more towards negativity than positivity. So Robbie puts the mic in anybody who wants to talk. <laughs> so for Simon saying that, oh, you are um, financially um, gaining from um, these characters that you have, that you're not even a real Arsenal fan, you, you sort of gain financially whenever your team lose. Bro, let a black man eat, okay? <laughs> let a black man eat. Robbie has found an amazing situation where he, he, he wins both ways. If Arsenal win, he's happy. He's, he's feeling happy. If Arsenal lose and he gets trounced, it's sad, but he makes a lot of money through the, the reactions. Let, let a black man eat. But the key thing is, Robbie can sleep well at night knowing that he's not doing this in a in genuine way because he interviews everyone. So look, my thing is this. My good friend is an Arsenal fan, and he hates Arsenal fan TV. He's, he just doesn't like it, and he just thinks that it just gives Arsenal a, a, a bad name. And that's cool. You know, and it is what it is. It's not for everyone. And I think Arsenal fan TV has now grown to being just a thing. It's not primarily for Arsenal fans. It's just a thing that people latch on to, especially when Arsenal lose. And Robbie, being the, the smart man that he is, he knows, okay, look, man, it is what it is. I'm getting friendship, but now let me not think of diversifying, creating you know, football fan shows, expanding, and, and, and so forth, because how long can this thing keep on going? Let me now think, think two, three years in advance. But I think what was, if you watch the video again, the thing that really pissed me off is, I think it's called something. Is it Jim White or something? Something White. One of the other guys from Talk Talk Sports. The yellow tie dude on Sky Sports. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Who has like like white hair? Like when Robbie mentioned troops and DT, he was like, "Oh, troops and DT." Like he he sort of said their names in a very derogatory way. Yeah, no. So, so I, I was like, "Wait a minute. These are fans you're talking to. You represent a very very small minority of the public." So it's that very annoying English classist attitude of like, oh, no, 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 no. Who are these um, poor yobs that's just really pissing me off? It's like, no, no, no. These guys are the majority. These regular working class guys are the majority. And the fact is, for most Arsenal fans, talk like and act like troops. Most of them are. Because trust me, I, I live like, well, uh, in one of my houses, I live near um, the stadium. So I know what these guys talk like. Constant. <laughs> I think I said one of my houses. <laughs> I knew you'd catch that. I knew you'd catch that. Go ahead. Look, guys, I ain't rich, man. I ain't rich. Bro, if I was rich, man, I'd be chilling with Jeff Bebesos next week. So I ain't rich. So, so guys, don't get that. So, yeah. It's just, it's just the way you slipped it in. But go ahead. Troops represents the majority of what Aston fans are. So you being condescending and talking down to them, you, let me, you make yourself look like an idiot. But what this is, is fear. It's fear of... Same thing with, um, I think it's what's it called? United Fan TV. I think, I think it's United Fan TV where, like, this journalist, she said that, why should United Fan TV be allowed into the press conferences and, and everything? They don't have any journalism experience. They don't have... I'm like, sorry, the game's changing. The game's changing. And all that really matters, okay, we... You'd like it where all oh, the experience I've been, I've been through journalism school, that should be what matters. But no, what matters is reach. Reach and how many people and how many eyeballs are on you. Eyeballs are on these 
analysts. Eyeballs are on just, just regular guys talking football. And when it comes to marketing, advertising, and so forth, all that matters is how many eyeballs are on you. And I'm sure we've talked about this before, but forgive me for my bad memory, but how do you feel about like these fan channels and in connection to what you're doing with kind of like paywall stuff and kind of legacy media in that way? We've been here before. So we had this, I'm pretty sure we had this discussion when Oba the to and fro in his relationship and the fact he invites troops into the, into the director's box and how it caused some aggro with some people at Arsenal and the captaincy. Look, it, it's the same thing when any form of new media comes about or anytime you you open up and, and further democratize any form of media you get the idea of once you allow people you once you allow everyone to make a book everyone's going to make a book and the quality of books goes down apparently that's what happened when the printing press happened when you said once you allow everyone to record music everyone makes music and that lowers the quality etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think quite a lot of the thing about resistance to some of the fan channels is because as simon jordan said in part on that talk and talk sport a lot of these fan channels perhaps don't have the quote-unquote best interests of the club at heart so you know for better or worse Robbie does make more money when Arsenal play badly whether it's via accident or or by design and I think Robbie has been particularly clever in what fans he talks to and what audiences he's cultivated over his years and I think he's very good at what he does I'm not saying Robbie actively goes out of his way to make things worse for Arsenal but I do think it is quite clear some people at Arsenal would appreciate it if and the fact that we still call it Arsenal Fan TV, despite the fact that it had to change his name to AFTV because Arsenal Football Club went, we will put, pursue legal action if you keep using Arsenal in your name. Like that's that's the current relationship between those two between those two entities. There's that, and there's also you know the the you know whole journalist how you need to preserve the the integrity of journalism and how football fans don't get it because football fans are aren't as objective as football journalists or apparently because you have to go to a proper university to get a proper understanding of the correct answers to answer to the correct questions you need to ask in a press box and blah 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 which i only go so far of the way into you know i think there is a craft to what i do as a football journalist in a press conference and in the press box and whatnot i don't think you can take any football fan even the person that's supported their club for 30 years and has you know knows the club back to front has been home and away. I don't think you could take anyone who just likes that football club and drop them into a football club to ask questions to a manager. I think there's some form of skill and backing there, and I, that is a very different thing to saying fan TV channel should not be allowed in press boxes. Those are two mm-hmm. very different things. I think yeah, fan. I think every football club should be scrutinised more, and I think we lost one. A lot of this comes down to the fact we. You know, we lost a lot of local news- newspapers. So a lot of these fan channels are picking up what local newspapers used to do, which is talk to players all the time, talk to people, fans around the club, talk to the local pe- uh, pubs around the place and remind you that there is more to your football club than just the first team. That's what these fan channels do. And that's what the local newspapers used to do. It's gone from being something these clubs to- can control, all these local newspapers can control, to being something that has been further democratized by YouTube or whatnot, um, is in theory good. In theory, because while we, I like to say, oh, yeah, you know, it's a free and open and democratized sort of whenever, thing. When, whenever somebody says in theory, there's always like a but. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this like, is called but. Well, I'm like, yeah, it's really cool. And it's all, you know, in theory. And it's really good that Robbie is, like I said before, Robbie is maybe the third most powerful person in terms of Arsenal news. There's Arsenal Football Club, there's David Ornstein, and there's Robbie from AFTV. Those are the three most powerful people in terms of giving you news about Arsenal. And it's really cool that you've got, you know, he's, you know, one of the most powerful voices, one of the most powerful clubs in the world. 
that came about from someone who you know was a radio DJ and more or less a laborer for a point in time. That's cool. However, the voices he chooses to boost and the pl- and what he does with this platform is counterproductive to the smooth running of Arsenal Football Club. Now, another caveat. It is not Robbie's job to make sure Arsenal runs along smoothly. It is Arsenal's job to make sure Arsenal runs along smoothly. Robbie's mm. job is basically to make sure people who have an opinion on Arsenal get their opinions out. And Robbie is someone who asks questions about Arsenal. Now, another one. The questions Robbie asks <laughs> and the people he and the and the people Robbie gives those questions to, that is under Robbie's control. And I think there's been two or three very pronounced occasions where Robbie has chosen to ask questions or has chosen to platform people that do not have Arsenal Football Club's best interests at heart, which is fine. You know, I've written an article this morning basically saying, if something don't sort this out, they're getting relegated. You know, I've given stats and I've gone this, 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 and this, and this. And that's the sort of difference between a quote-unquote journalist and a quote-unquote football fan. Because a fan would just say, if they're rubbish at crosses, if they don't sort out, they get relegated. Where I've gone, look at the numbers. Here's why they're rubbish at crosses. Here's the numbers here. Here's this and this and this and this. And here's that. But the level between me and a fan is not insurmountable, but we've you know we've both gone in a circle to get to the same place. But you see, also I'm as a journalist, ahead. it's not in my best interest to keep doing that about Southampton because it hamstrings the running of that football club, especially if I was purporting to myself to be a fan of the club. It's a really complicated thing about media, uh, mm. information control, and the questions you ask when you're doing that sort of thing. I bought something for my mom for Christmas. And what I did was, you know, I was reading like certain reviews and whatnot. It clued to, in my mind that, you know, when you look at reviews of things, you see either like a bunch of five-star reviews or a bunch of one-star reviews. But the two, three, four, not not so many. And it seems to me that the type of people who are going to be attracted to giving their opinion are either like that top 5% of people who love it or that bottom 5% of people who love it. And those are the people that are going to be attracted to kind of giving their opinion on like a Yelp or whatever the case may be. What Robbie's doing (laughs) is he's putting microphones in the face of people who are at the extremes. Obviously, not everybody that he puts the microphone in front of is going to be an extreme personality. But the, the likelihood is that the people who are going to be attracted to, I need to give my opinion on this right now to whoever's outside the stadium. Those kinds of people are going to be, in some ways, polarizing personalities because they're going. They their desire to give an opinion on a platform like that shows to me that they must have something they want to say and say it in a particular way. Which, <laughs> to Robbie's credit, and to anybody who does this and does it in a kind of popular way, I, I suppose you're going to create something that people want to watch because the people that really need to say something are going to say it in a way that is entertaining. So I don't know if necessarily that's. Robbie's responsibility. I mean, he's created the platform for that to happen. Like, and he, he, and now here's the big thing: he, if you're a he's journalist, made an Arsenal Yelp essentially, right? But people just want to read the bad reviews. And you're completely right. And we're, when we're on this podcast, we you know we say leave us a five star review. We don't want three star ones. We want five star <laughs> ones, right? But the three star and, and four star might be more nuanced, but they're not going to yes. be as more entertaining. Exactly. So what he's so what he's done is he's he's made some like I remember back when there were people who were like we want Arsene Wenger in. But people weren't really into that. <laughs> people were yeah. into like, yo, let's let's go see the carnage. Let's see like who wants them out, you know? And you I know. think the interesting thing you said there, Daniel, is is that Robbie's responsibility. Now, as a if you're a journalist or someone who has who's old school or old traditional learning within football, you would say yes, right? Now I have a responsibility 
as a football reporter to make sure I'm asking the right questions to the right people so I can get the right answers, quote-unquote right. right. So if I'm going to find out stuff about Southampton Football Club, I should not be just going down to a pub and talking to any Southampton football fan about what they <laughs> thought about that game. It is, I, it, they, it was, it's in my interest to talk to supporters groups yep. and to talk to fans that travel home and away or travel via or have like unique lineage or a particular insight or, or perhaps either worked for the club previously or, or know someone who works at the club, right? That's, that's what I have to do as my job as a mm-hmm. football journalist. Robbie is in this very, very interesting space where Robbie's like, I'm just putting a voice out there. And all the cool people are like, no, you have a responsibility to pick the right ones. And Robbie's like, no, I'm not. I'm just a fan. And But everyone's going, no, but you're the most in, one of the most important people in terms of Arsenal information. You have a responsibility. So depending on how you look at it, Robbie's claiming he's just a fan and he's just putting a microphone out. Whereas a lot of people are going, no, you have a massive responsibility due to the size of your platform. You need does to he? Choose. He does. As I'm speaking, I'm this is my own personal opinion here, but I think if you, once you get to a certain point in terms of any flow of information, you need to start being really, really, really careful about who you put who you put on platforms and what you do about. Like I'm talking to you right now and I've got nearly eighteen thousand followers on Twitter. Once you get past ten thousand followers on Twitter, like it completely changes your experience of that website. If I ask any question on Twitter now, someone will answer me. Like guaranteed. If I go, what time is it? I'll get three responses. If I go um, is Lukaku in? I'll get three responses. If I go this, this, this. And that means I have a responsibility to, one, make sure I'm asking the right questions just for my own personal health. And two, make sure I don't put out any disinformation or give out any information that could possibly cause harm to people. So mm. certain things I don't do now, I've got a larger following base. I don't really, uh, I'm re- one thing I, I'm really, really aware of nowadays, I don't share any images with flashing lights. That's a really small thing. I like I used to do when I had like five hundred followers. Whereas now, if I share something that's got like a cowboy and it's going bang 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 and there's loads of muzzle flare, I won't share that because I know if I've got eighteen thousand followers, two or three of those have epilepsy. And it's that sort of thing you have to be aware of when you get a large following. Robbie's got three hundred and fifty thousand subscribers. I'm I'm speaking as a, as a media person, someone that works He's got in media. Mil- a, over a million, bro. Sorry, my mistake. He's got over a million, right? Not only is Robbie one of the most powerful voices of, of Arsenal within Arsenal and within London, but also worldwide. You've got people who supported Arsenal that have never been to watch an Arsenal game who perhaps don't even speak English that well, that don't even know who David Ornstein is. Basically, all they know is Arsenal and Arsenal AFTV. Robbie's got that much power. And if he's going out there and saying, uh, and, and putting out information, well, fans basically saying nonsense, which... I think we can all agree there are episodes of AFTV that, while being very, very entertaining, are people just saying absolute nonsense. Not, not everyone. <laughs> not everyone. And and again, this is Robbie's defense. Not everyone, right? Robbie is really, like, Robbie's really good at what he does. And the and the joy of AFTV is he's got a really, really good blend of voices, right? He gets in people that clearly know loads about tactics and clearly know loads about numbers and loads knows and know loads about Arsenal. In the present day, he clearly knows people that know Arsenal loads from back in the day, from before Wenger. And he knows people that have only just really f- recently followed. And he's really good at mixing that all up. And that's why FTV is really interesting to a wide amount of people. And that's why it's got the success. However, <laughs> there's probably like two or three people in AFTV that he could just get rid of for quality control. Say, actually, what you're saying is ridiculous. Or this is a very poor question. Or the views you voice here are absolute nonsense. And... 
have a negative impact on some very nice people trying to do their jobs. You could probably get rid of those that he doesn't do because it makes for good entertainment. But uh, but he can always make the argument that I wouldn't get rid of them out of fairness. He built his entire channel on I am putting the mic in any fan who wants to talk. If he now goes that, now I've now reached a million. Sorry, I can't talk to you guys now. I'm now on a million subs now. I can only talk to these guys because I want to keep quality control. Like, Wait a minute. So you're betraying the very foundation of what it's about. I want to get the voices from the fans from the moment they leave that match. Yo, who wants to, who, who wants to talk? You want to talk? You want to talk? You want to talk? That was his, his foundation. To now change that. You're now ceasing to be what actually made you new, exciting, and actually successful to begin with, which is necessary. To, which with the argument for like many people of like a more journalist persuasion is that is necessary. That is absolutely necessary to any form of from from any form Take of company, Facebook, right? Yeah, from any form of company growth. Facebook was originally a way to rank who's hot at college and how <laughs> college people talk to each other, and now it is it basically decides who wins elections. Twitter used to be via sms and you could talk to each other over 140 messages and now people at twitter say we are a news platform first and foremost which is why when people get cancelled for old tweets they're very much getting cancelled from tweets from an era where people didn't think of twitter as a news platform for public discourse it was very much more mm. of a private discussion right the idea that you can't change what you are because that's a betrayal no that's business and it's interesting you've used the word betrayal there hope because this is the thing is AFTV a news platform about Arsenal or is it purely an unprofessional labor of love from fans? Robbie makes enough money and enough eyeballs and has enough power over the information flow of Arsenal that he can be reasonably considered as a news platform, which the argument that everyone makes is being a news platform comes with a certain amount of responsibility that Robbie is not doing via very old school, very university, very old white men rules and regulations and then there's the new school of what robbie's constantly said is i'm not i'm not a news platform i'm just a voice i'm just I, i'm just a platform for for voices people like this which is fine but of which someone should go how comes you're making so much money here if this is purely a labor of love you eating very very well for a labor of love which again <laughs> is one of those things that you yes you should just let a black man make his money and leave him alone but unfortunately in a racist capitalist society like this, we view black people making their money with a bit more scrutiny than we view other companies making their money. And this is this is to what will Arsenal Fan TV, AFTV is essentially a very, very densely layered complex conversation about the ethics of news information, right. football journalism, the ethics of through accidental design this man is making more money when the thing he likes is doing badly than the thing he likes is doing well it's such a finesse like, Shut up, Robbie, Robbie is Robbie's <laughs> very very have good right. no no no, no. Have, have folks right man it's the perfect thing if they win I love my team so if that's a W if we lose yeah I don't like it but what are these people gonna say <laughs> so get the mic and get the camera no Let's no no for, for me I, I think <laughs> If if I'm Robbie, don't listen to all these guys because yeah, every because all these guys are like, damn, I wish I was in Robbie's position. Simon Jordan's like, I wish I was in your position because I'll do the same thing. And I think because they're seeing just how incredibly successful it is and just how it is seeping into a Sky Sports, a Talk Sports, guys are like, oh no, no, blah blah blah. For Robbie, it's a labor of love. You're giving fans a voice and you're making money from it. 
good on you. Good on you. Don't change. <laughs> Don't change. Keep what, what you're doing. And because things change. Things change. This whole Arsenal Fan TV is just something that's new. This whole YouTube space is something that's, that's new. And I think the existence of the YouTube space and an Arsenal Fan TV, it is completely rewriting the rule book with regards to what we expect of guys in this space. We're talking on journalism, um, interviewing the right people, and, and so forth. But it's like the game's changed. And Arsenal Fan TV are just changing the game. And all that matters at the end of the day is, bro, is it successful? Are you eating? If you're eating, bro, keep eating. Keep eating, bro. Uh, I don't see, I see, I don't think that's all that matters. Is are you making money? Because that, that gets a bit dangerous. Yeah, right. Like, and there, there, the there, there has to be some level of an understanding of what am I doing and is it more beneficial or more harmful? Now no, you no, might no 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 but, but, but see the, and the key thing here is I just this is what I want to know from you guys. What is AFT doing that is being harmful? to Arsenal Football Club that Robbie loves. If you can tell me that, then cool. I just don't know what Robbie is doing from Robbie's point of view that is harming Arsenal Football Club. You guys, go take care of yourself on the flipping pitch. <laughs> okay? Go okay. go get no. better results. Go One get second. a manager who knows how to manage. And let AFTV react to whatever you, you do on the pitch. If you're crap, then they'll slate you. <laughs> so Last word, Carl. Last word, Carl. Uh, I don't think there's players who go on the internet to watch Arsenal fan TV, Bellerin said. It does sometimes pop up in your timeline. Uh, I hear some friends say, oh, have you heard about that guy? It's so wrong for someone to claim to be a fan and have their success fed, fed off a failure. How can that be a fan? That's just people hustling, trying to make money their way, which everyone is entitled to do. And that's what Hector Bellerin said. That's one of the most senior players at Arsenal, sometimes captain of Arsenal Football Club, saying, look, you can make your money, but you can't claim to have any interest in the well-being of Arsenal Football Club. Mm. And I think this is the thing. Robbie cannot have this much information and power over over like Arsenal and Arsenal fans, cannot keep making this money and cannot regulate himself and regulate his entity. He has to do one at least one of these things and he's choosing to not do, which, hey, that's amazing. And he, there are far worse people in football than Robbie and there are people in football making way more money, doing way worse things. And I, I'm thinking about nearly everything Mike Ashley does right now. Uh, and Robbie, Robbie could realistically fair play to Robbie even trying to defend himself. We, what he should be doing is like, look, I am not involved in this football club and how this football club runs, and it's not my fault. This football club is bad. Leave me alone. <laughs> and he could say that every single time. And the fact that he even goes as far to go, no, look what I'm doing with these fans is a credit to the character of Robbie. And the fact he and there's a reason why he's got so many subscribers, and there's a reason why he's got so much money. And I think it's very interesting the people that tell Robbie he should stop doing this are of a very particular demographic, both in age and education. But just, when you get Arsenal players themselves going, please stop, then it gets into a different realm of discourse. That that last point that you said about the, pe the, the particular kind of people who critique, that's my real issue with the Jordan dude. Like when he starts talking about people's IQs and he brings up tweets, because I'm sure he just clicks on and sees fam, blood, fam, blood, you know what I'm saying? Woo, woo, woo. And he's like with his great verbose language like just who are these people like i don't understand them it sounds like this it's just there's something off about it now are we going to talk about john barnes in the kkk suit or are we going to leave that for later we can skip that i don't want to talk about that <laughs> anytime he says anything on sky sports i want to see that picture <laughs> in the comments
Are we going to talk about the Syria monkey thing? Like the say, say no to racism campaign? Yeah, we should. Good luck editing this. I think I've enjoyed this conversation. Um, I mean, Syria is racist. So even it's Syria is so racist, their solutions to dealing with racism are racist. <laughs> it's God, remarkable. Yeah. There you go, bro. And, and uh, Zeet, Zeet's at Zeet's uh, SB Nation writer, who I think is fantastic, Nigerian sports writer. Uh, revealed this isn't even the most racist thing Italian football suggested. Once there was an individual involved in Italian football who suggested white players should black up in blackface for a game so everyone is black and that should help beat racism. And that's a real like, damn. <laughs> I've been critical of Half Hope in the past of like, you know, we should want to talk about this stuff when things happen because the news should get out there and we should give these people a little bit of hell for the stupid shit that they're doing. But in the back of my mind, like, I feel like he's kind of right. Like, man, just, I'm sick of it. It's, it's one of those things where, like, I want to talk about it because I think it deserves attention because if you don't talk about it, things carry on. But the same, But at the same time, it's like, no matter how much you talk about it, every week something in that country happens to where it's just like, they. no matter how much I talk until I'm blue in the face, every word I say could be directed at that. And everyone could do it, not just me, but just like every podcast, every football show, nothing's going to happen. So of what use is it really, other than just kind of getting off your chest frustration? Pointless, bro. It feels that way. because, Like Carl said, like, they're so racist. Their solutions to racism is racism. So your say no to racism campaign includes chimps. Yep. What? <laughs> anyway, um, is there anything else you wanna, we want to get through? Are we good? No, we're good. It, it was a very interesting week of football. I don't I don't even remember how much we talked about this week in this episode. It's, it's been yeah, good. I hope you enjoyed it. All right. So, yeah, this is Talking Texas Podcast. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. Um, if you're on Spotify, give us a follow. Um, if you're uh, listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. Half Hope, where can people find you? Website, halfhopefootballhot.com, baby. That link's in the description. Carl, where can people find you? Anchorman616. Find me on The Athletic as well. That link's also in the description. I'm a day to look. Yeah, man. <laughs> Talking Texas podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes football. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn, I'm tired. I am tired. Yeah, Talking Texas podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football. <laughs> Indeed. We will see you guys next week or next year. We'll let you know. Peace, peace, peace. Peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.